I also love, and I gotta be honest with you here, not even lying, getting manscaped. Feels good, makes you feel fresh, makes you feel clean, it makes you smell better, and you can get all of that in one, if I may, package. Come on, sometimes it's right there out in front of you. Uh, with the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, you get trimmed, you get smooth, you're not gonna get nicked, you're not gonna have any of those kinds of issues that you could have with the traditional razor. You got a little light down there, you, so you can get, uh, you don't want any problems and you're not going to have any with the lawnmower 3.0. I'll tell you that much. You use the code DMVR20, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping. But you don't just get the ability to make yourself nice and smooth, either for yourself or anybody else, but real clean, smelling good. The kit, the, the package, again, it comes with that lawnmower, but also the crop preserver, anti-chafing deodorant for your jewels. The Crop Reviver, some spray-on toner, again, for your downstairs area. Maybe you're in between manscapes and you want to just get a little spritz or refresh. You get some shower gel, you get some of the most comfortable underwear you're ever going to wear in your life. So again, you can get all of this for 20% off plus free shipping with the code DNVR20 at manscaped.com. Go. In the air, deep right center Go. field. David Dahl. And Nolan drives his high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. You can use that promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, potentially life-altering coffee from Strava. I personally vouch for it and drink it literally every single day. <clears throat> I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With us, of course, is our guy, Patrick Lyons, our beat writer here. And on today's episode... We are going to be uh, taking a look particularly behind the dish. We've been teasing this for a while. Uh, we've been getting uh, a lot of conversation between the two of us, really even before we fully started formulating our draft coverage here. This was something uh, we've been talking about. Uh, the Rockies, so we're going to be talking about where they're at currently behind the dish, uh, with the guys we expect in the major leagues, how that's playing out, what their immediate depth is, what their organizational depth is, and what they could or should be doing in this draft, and, and what they've done over the years uh, at catcher in the draft. We're, we're, we're breaking it all down for you right here, so if you listen to this one on draft day, you'll know everything that there is to know, hopefully, uh, about uh, this conversation when it comes to uh, the Rockies and this particular and unusual position in the game. Patrick, where would you like to begin the conversation on catching? We can go with the history. We can go with your top line takeaway about the draft. We could start just with Walters and Diaz. What do you think here? Yeah, I think it's probably best to just start with the Rockies organization as a whole. When we have to answer the question, do the Rockies need 
uh, catcher of the future? Is that something they should be concerned about? Uh, and ultimately, is there a catcher of the future already in the organization? So that's probably the, the best spot to start with. Yeah. Right well, now, Tony Walters is the guy, right? That's Tony the man. Walters, he's the man. That, of course, you know, leaves a little bit to be desired. But as we kind of touched on in our debate, Falls Count Anywhere, make sure you check that out. That just dropped earlier today. We look at, you know, this this exact question, what should the Rockies do at, at, at catching? So Walters is doing a great job, really, frankly, for, for what Colorado needs behind the plate as far as his defensive abilities, calling pitches, calming his his battery mates down and you know he's a leader in that clubhouse beyond all else so i mean there's there's something that wins above replacement obviously you know can't categorize and, and can't calculate and and you know you, you hear that all the time when it comes to players and even when ian desmond was first signed and you know before he made either no impact or negative impact or positive impact, whatever you want to say, there was a lot of talk about the character that he brought to the clubhouse. And that is 100% true that, you know, of what he does behind the scenes and what he's like in the clubhouse, bringing guys together as a leader. Tony Walters is doing that, obviously for a much uh, more of a fraction of the price. But Tony Walters is doing that. Sure, sure. A little cheaper, a little cheaper. Yeah, he's, he's making a little over a million dollars this year. And, you know, after the 2020 season, he'll be in control for, for two more years. And, you know, at that point, you know, a lot could change. Uh, and, and that's where you come back around for, for Dom Nunez. So that's who you've got in, uh, on the major league caliber. We don't know if uh, Elias Diaz will, will be something that will make people say, you know what, Diaz is now the guy and not Tony Walters. It's it's unclear, but but one thing that is very certain is that neither Diaz, Walters, or Nunez is a no-brainer slam dunk. This is your catcher for the next decade. That's absolutely right. And I have been almost notoriously high on Dom Nunez. I've literally been been ridiculed for how I have been on on Dom Nunez over the years. And I 100% concur with your statement there, Patrick. Like, there's there's potential in that kid, but you can't say, well, we got we got Dom, so there's no need to strengthen our organizational depth because whether you've got Dom in third or second, or even in first by the end of this year, which wouldn't shock me, um, because I I also think that his defense is there, and so that that bat starts to come around, and Dom Nunez gets really really interesting, but. Fourth on the depth chart, as well you know if you're listening to this, is Drew Butera and his career 190 batting average. And him, is he 34 years old? I had that somewhere. I, 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 he's in that range. So Drew, nobody thinks that Drew Butera is the catcher of the future. The Rockies don't. The, the Diaz thing is interesting. Um, and I, I think there could be something there. But like that's it. None of these guys are are slam dunks and there's and Nunez was really the only guy in the farm system right he now that he's more or less graduated there's nobody to look at in the farm system and and correct me if if there's somebody here Patrick you you kind of want to point out there are one or two guys who become interesting um you know Chris Robago 
has, I, I think, good receiving skills and, and guys like that, as we're talking about, tend to f- find their way. You pointed out in the article, there's just catchers that can do all the things come along once in a generation. Yeah, Brian Servin is a guy that, you know, the, the bat hasn't come around like they would have hoped out of Arizona State. He's pretty much battling Chris Robago for playing time and in triple a again you know dom nunez is is playing triple a in a in a normal world you know those both those guys are are just his backups um you know for the inevitable future until nunez is needed on the big club so you know serving again is, is a guy that you know is is a good good catch and throw guy and and you know until we see those guys on a major league level you know we don't know if they could potentially be that next tony walters that that guy who you know might not have too much pop in the bat, might might swing and miss more than you'd like, but does the job defensively. Any further than that, you know, the only other guy that you know might might make you raise an eyebrow would be Willie McIver. No. He had a very good season last year at Asheville. You know, showed a lot of pop, hit close to I think 15 home runs. He was a South Atlantic League All Star, so he was a guy only only a year or two in the system that. You say, okay, well, he's got a long way to go. You know, there's been a lot of players who've come through Asheville who've had fantastic seasons, and you know, nothing, nothing comes of them after that. Brian Mundell set a lot of records. He had, I think, something like 52 doubles when he was down in Low A Asheville, and Sounds he's right. still yet to even get a single at bat with the Rockies. Maybe he should have late in the year last year. Maybe. Um, but bottom line is, you know, he still had a long way to go until he was even knocking at the door. So McIver's got a lot to, to, uh, to improve on and, and a lot to prove overall. Um, so we'll, we'll really just have to wait and see. Ultimately, there isn't that front-of-the-line, high-end prospect. Tom Murphy was a third-round pick. Rockies have essentially stayed away from you know, uh, high-end draft pick guys. I think Servin was a fifth-round pick. Other than that, you know, they don't have a Joey Bart or a Shea Langoliers. They don't. They don't have a lot of these. You know, Adley Rushman, who was number one overall last year. They just don't have those high-ceiling guys right now. And that ultimately gets us to the next part of our conversation, if you will. Yeah, you know, but but before we get there, because because you're also raising a very interesting point here that while the Rockies haven't done maybe the, i'm biting off too much of the conversation um too much in terms of you know spending high draft picks on catchers they've typically always had at least one guy in the system who's a catcher who would probably rank in their top 20 top 15 prospects there's always been a, a tom murphy or a dom nunez or a, um at least one of those guys around and some of that's they spend a lot of time in the minor leagues and so they're there for a while um, but they just don't they just don't have that right now right and so that that does beg the question should they take one in the draft and does their draft history give us an indication of what they're going to do here uh, is it different because of where they're at right now in, in their history where Nunez, Nunez has graduated the system is so bereft of, of high-end talent that they might go okay it's it's time again to do do the thing and maybe take a guy with a third pick maybe or well we'll get into that but sort of what what do you got there <laughs> yeah it's 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 a little crushing to the to the conversation and, and what we do to kind of put down a steel barricade but yeah. <laughs> you know look at look at what the Rockies did they took they took an infielder 
and they made him into a borderline gold glove catcher in Tony Walters. So, you know, if, if, if Mark Stripmatter is, is that guy, the catching coordinator for the organization, if that's what he can do with a guy that ultimately was not a catcher. He is that guy, by the way. Yeah. Mark Stripmatter is a catcher whisperer. Yeah. Then, then why would you go out and, you know, go after, even, even if it's the best catcher in the draft, and we'll, we'll talk about Patrick Bailey, but, you know, even if it is the best catcher in the draft, you know, there so much has to happen in, in that development and, and so much has to happen to you know, to, to create a competent player on the offensive side. I think you know, I, I think all things being the same, you know, by the time Tony Walters reaches that age thirty season in twenty twenty two, I think you could have a guy who's batting three hundred. You could have a guy that may hit ten home runs because so much of what he's done the past few years is get himself ready for the game behind the dish. Right. And it was taking your eyes off of, of what you do at a plate. It's, it's very similar to pitchers in the National League where they got to work on their, their craft for, for what they're going to be doing every fifth day or every other day if you're out of the bullpen. And anything you can get as far as practice inside the cage is, is gravy, but odds are you're not going to even – really get those opportunities so Tony's he's in the cage he's doing all of those things but probably not as much as he would like because he's he's battling for playing time he's he's battling to stay in the major leagues and I think he's established himself now as a really quality receiver and you know I I think you see improvements on the offensive side so it's 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 hard to say if you know that that process happens that much quicker if you have a guy who's already a top-notch catcher in the organization and, and being drafted, working with Strip Matter, and you know, does it happen quicker? Does that guy make the the jump to the majors that much more you know easily? It it's it's it defies logic. There's not a lot of evidence to say that 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 is a recipe for success. All right, everybody, grab a Breck brew. I'm gonna get to your get uh, order from the farmhouse if you if you can, if it's a, if it's at all possible, or from Davidson's. But you make sure that you get your Breck Brew, your 15-can sampler. Crack open a mile-high copper lager. It's about to get real in here. Now, order your food. Get, gather around the table. Get the whole family gathered around the table. You call 303-803-1380 from 12 to 8 p.m. Use code DNVR. You'll get $5 off that entire order. You want to gather around for this one because before... I attack Patrick Lyons' line of thinking here. Ooh. I'm, I'm going to strengthen his argument. So you need your Breck Brew handy for this. right? Mile High Copper Lager is what I would recommend. A vanilla porter lying around or a Hot Peak IPA will do just as well. First, I'm going to strengthen Patrick's argument. Because not only is there evidence that the two most high-end potential catchers in the system weren't even catchers like four years ago. <laughs> and both of them look like they could end up being stupendous defensively. Walters is more or less proven to be so. I think Nunez is also that guy. And have done so well. Not only is there a great deal of evidence to support that, there's a whole lot of evidence on the other side that when they've drafted catchers when they've spent resources on catchers either through the draft or in other ways they spent some 
uh, international free agency money on uh, Willian Rosario, if I recall correctly. Uh, when they've otherwise invested, whether in money or even playing time, in offense-first catchers, it has blown up in their faces uh, forever, for their entire history. Uh, and I even wrote about this a little bit. You can you can check the numbers and names again in the article if you go and read it. But in good years, do the Rockies have catchers that raped? Nope. They always had catchers who were good behind the dish and handled the staff well, though, across the board. And in years when they did have catchers who hit 15-plus home runs or or had better batting averages or whatever, the, it, there's no correlation to added success for the Rockies. So, so far, there's, been, there's no correlative evidence that suggests the Rockies need a catcher who hits well or need to invest in catching Despite the one big caveat to that is this, right? They've never had a great catcher, ever. And there's a part of you that wonders what could happen if they did. The other part of it for me is this. I think, or maybe hope, (laughs) that they have learned this lesson, that this data has accrued now, that they know the type of catcher that it takes. And here's where my argument gets really tricky because I'm not a scout. I can't look at a college catcher and project how he's going to block and frame. And and as I've said many, many, many times on this podcast, and, and Patrick was just talking about it, some of the most important things are can you establish a rapport with your pitchers? Can you read a game plan? Can you study a lineup? Like, none of that's going to be on any of these guys' report cards, right? That's what the Rockies' advanced scouts have to go out and find. My contention is this. There are a lot of good catchers in this draft. And if you believe that one of them has all of those defensive tools and you project some bat there, and again, probably not a high school guy, you just can't take that risk. I think there's an avenue. I think maybe, Patrick, that the, the, the planets have perfectly aligned here, um, especially because I think at 35 and 46, I tried to talk myself into Patrick Bailey at number nine. I really did. did. I did. really did. His defensive profile, like the, it, but again, I got to trust people, not my strong suit. And so like, I have to trust people to say he's a great catcher and he likes to catch and you know, he's projected to be good defensively, but even like, like Tom Murphy was projected to be okay. And especially because he had a great arm, you thought, well, at least he's got that. And then the arm goes away. So, you know, they're one injury away, which is not like unheard of at that position uh, from not being what they were when you drafted them. But it, it would be so tempting if I had a scout out there who was just telling me, this is the dude. Patrick's also a, a, a switch hitter um, with, with a decent contact profile. And there's just, there's just something that goes, if you see like Wolters with a bat right there and he's 
two and a half years away even maybe. I mean, catchers do take longer. Just because he's older and he's gone through college doesn't mean that he'll be like a pitcher who's just like, four starts here, four starts there. Hey, I'm in the bigs. You know, it's not quite the same for catchers. Um, but I can't talk myself into it at the first pick. I have to I have to concede that part of of the debate. However, if one of these dudes, if there's a Dylan Dingler, or if even though I said no high school guys, if Tyler Soderstrom for some reason fell to 35 because he's a high school guy and people are being shy, and you've got a guy who's really uh, projected sort of teen in that teen area pick talent wise and he drops no am i working on am i am i budging it all on I'm moving not you're not budging me <laughs> unfortunately not you know you, you yeah you, you sit I, I agree with 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 so much of of what you said i mean you're you're not wrong um i i like that you're you're able to you know we all we all do that in this profession where you're like there's something i like about this guy or i want to root for this guy and then over time you go, nah, can't do it. Can't, can't do it. <laughs> can't, can't get on the Patrick Bailey train uh, wagon uh, on the ninth pick. And, and, that's, and that's fine. That's, that's good, right? It, it's, it's just too high. He won't be available there at 35. It may upset you a little bit to, to hear recently that Kylie McDaniel of, of ESPN said that Rockies are thinking about Tyler Soderstrom on the ninth pick, which you go, nine. Wow, that's really early. Now, to kind of flip a little bit of what you what you said around, you know, they, they haven't really had, you know, like you said, that, that complete package catcher. Chris Iannette has been the closest one, but ultimately no one's going to, you know, when you talk about the greatest catchers of all time, you know, he's he's not in the discussion, frankly, right? right. So uh, even, even even once you get past the Hall of Famers, there's there's numerous guys that you say, man, they were they, they won championships and they know how to, to handle a staff. Bill Freehan, Benito Santiago. I mean, there's there's a there's a long list. Of Jason Baratek. Defend, yes, that's great example. Sure. So Jorge Posada, right? We we, yeah. we we know the guys. We know the names. But ultimately, there have the Rockies never won a World Series. Is it really because of their catcher? <laughs> or does it have to do more with the pitching? Right? Damn it! Pitching damn it, Patrick. Hitting. And right now, you have the deepest draft of college arms. Yeah. You know, that that a lot of, uh, of industry insiders have been saying that that's been around. So it's really hard to, to pass up an opportunity, you know, to go that route to get one of these really, you know, projectable guys. You know, you, you might be able to find the next Tony Walters, you know, in the in the fifth round with your sixth and final pick. You might be able to get a guy like that or or even a guy that just wants to start his pro career and they're going to take the $20,000. Who knows, right? There's going to be another draft next year too. Not as many quality college arms, right? You also don't even know where you're going to pick. Rockies make the playoffs in, in, in a shortened 2020 season. You know, their, their pick's going to be maybe in the 20s. So now you don't have that opportunity. You don't have that flexibility. They can get cute in a sense because they've got the seventh largest bonus pool at, at like $10.3 million. So maybe you get a guy in the ninth spot that ultimately, you know, is, is, is falls back a little bit further. Maybe you do go Tyler Soderstrom, right? I, I would not, you know, be a, be a big fan of that. But maybe that allows you to grab another guy at 35 that 
probably should have been much higher. Maybe Garrett Mitchell falls to that spot. That would be a shame. Uh, there are a lot of teams that have, I wouldn't say soured on him, but the the fact that he's you know type one diabetic has been you know made made some people a little bit bit leery of him. I don't think he'll fall that far, nor should he because I was gonna say. if if you know anything about diabetes, you know if you if you're you're in control of your body and you're you're on top of all those things, it, there's a reason why Garrett Mitchell's gotten this far to begin with. Right. So he'll be able he'll be fine. Oh, what he'll a weird to thing to yeah. adapt. But yeah, the, these are some of those questions, and and how much of it is just talk to, to kick it out to the agent, so maybe you get a slightly better deal. But you know, there's there's so much maneuvering in this draft. But you know, ultimately to to kind of get back to, to what we're we're talking about, I I think they should just stay away for all six of their picks, you know, all all together, uh, for for any catchers. There's, I think there's only four within the in the top 100. There's a guy. Looming around 101, 102, you know, there's there's guys in the 100 range, but then again, at that point, the draft is only 160 picks. So, and there's just so many other avenues, as you said, sign a yeah. guy in free agency, uh, whether it's a twenty thousand dollar guy who didn't get it in the draft, or literally the avenue they already took with Tony Walters or Elias Diaz, who they were able to sign for a minor league deal, despite the fact that he's got plenty of success at the major leagues and looked pretty solidly like he was going to be their backup. Like you can do stuff like that. So you're right. I do want to break down. Uh, it's funny. You mentioned the, the Kylie McDaniel thing. I've got that uh, pulled up. I'm about to listen to it. As soon as we're done with this, uh, he did like a 50 minute uh, conversation about the draft draft preview. So I'm going to be listening to that when we're done with this. And I want to get into the Tyler Soderstrom conversation because there's a twist to it. But before I do that, <clears throat> I got to mention that we are all very excited here at DNVR to be able to get back to some sports betting now that there are some sports back. We got UFC 250 coming up, kicking off the June sports calendar with a bang. The fighters are eager to get into the octagon and DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. If you think you know who's going to win the big fight this weekend, put your money where your mouth is and place a bet on the winner of the fight with DraftKings Sportsbook. If you haven't tried it yet, betting on MMA is easy. You can pick one fighter per match, you can parlay fights within the card, and even bet on which round the fight will end and how it will end. And for a limited time, DraftKings Sportsbook has a no-brainer of a promotion. And they're not lying. This is ridiculous. You're you're kidding yourself you don't take this. They are offering 5-1 to one odds on Nunez, who is heavily favored. Normally, a $10 bet on a fighter of Nunez caliber would only net 2 bucks. But for a limited time, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering $10 to win 50. Two, small number. 50, much bigger number, right? So call to action right here. Everyone get out there. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code DNVR when you sign up for a limited time. All new users get that sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. So right now, download DNVR. That's the code you got to use, DraftKings Sportsbook. You get it on your phone. You get it on your laptop, however you do. 
Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you've got a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. So, the Tyler Soderstrom news is, is news to me. That's for sure. But... There's another interesting element to this as well, where when you, so for those of you who aren't at all familiar, it's a good time to just back up a step and let you know that Tyler Soderstrom is uh, currently ranked sort of around the 18 or 19 area uh, on our board, sort of around the uh, Baseball America MLB pipeline. We're, we're working on finalizing it, but that's about the range he's uh, projected to go in. He is a High schooler out of where is it? I just had him. Where is he? Turlock High School California. in California. Uh, six foot two, he weighs 190 pounds, and he is uh, will be uh, at the draft about 18 and a half years old. His uh, calling card is the polished bat with a whole lot of power potential. There have been questions about whether or not he'll stick at catcher. Uh, I also read some reports that say he has a passion for catching. And I think that that's really interesting because while I would very much be critical in a vacuum of the Rockies taking a high school catcher with their first overall on the ninth overall pick in the draft, if what they're really taking is a high-end high school bat who maybe can be a catcher or maybe ends up at in an outfield spot or at first base or something. And really what they're doing is taking what they believe is the best bat on the board. I could see the move being justifiable. I could see there being similar things with, with a a few of these other guys. And while that's a tempting way, like um, Austin Wells is a, is a catcher out of Arizona who again, is more bat than catcher. Uh, he, he does have some college experience, and, and he's projected to go in the late 20s. If he's still on the board at 35, he'd be intriguing. It's it's a nice logical workaround to say, well, as a backup plan, we could move this guy off of catcher. Uh, but there is they've got to actually do that. And, and that's been another thing. It's like, that should have... Willene Rosario should have been playing left field when he was in single A. Like, <laughs> so... Uh, you know, it sounds nice. Is it something where if they did something like that, Patrick, you would give them, you know, you'd say, hey, look, I don't like this as a catcher, but, well, if they do the right thing, they move them out to the left field, they got a great bat, and that's a decent use of your... Th- I, don't, I still can't talk myself into something <laughs> strong at nine. Not at nine. That's not a good... That is not a good use of your first overall pick. Uh, 35 or 46... Ultimately, these guys are on this list as high as they are because there's simply a shortage at the position. Right. So when you play a position that is so unique unto anything else, that separates you from the pack greatly. If you're a shortstop, well, that means you're a second baseman, third baseman. You probably can play center field potentially, right? Right. If you're if you're an outfielder, you're probably the center fielder on your your school's team. You can go anywhere around there. You might even be able to move over to first base. So you've got, and if you're a starting pitcher, you could go to the bullpen. Pitcher, you're a pitcher, but catcher is just such a a unique position. It's the only one that faces the other fielders, right? That's the only one. Everyone looks at home plate, except for. 
the catcher, relatively speaking. Of course, he's looking at home plate in front of him, but he's looking <laughs> out into the field, right? Indeed. So, you know, if, if you're drafting this guy and, and, and the bat is, is really that good. I mean, think of, you know, Joe Maurer when he was selected. I think that was in the uh, 2002 draft, um, first overall. You know, he was also a Minnesota kid. And you saw how good the bat was, right? So the fact that he eventually moved off a catcher, and that was more, you know, for his knees and, and just getting beat up so much back there. Okay, his transition over to first base was was fine, you know, was was suitable over there. First base still had a decent career, what Mark Grace-esque, if you will, which is nothing yeah. to shake a stick at. No. You know, he, he was great, but the bat was already there ahead of time. And I just don't know that that's the case with, with any of these guys. Now – one of the high schoolers, you know, it, it, this draft could be crazy enough where you just really don't see a lot of high school guys taken for fear that if you don't sign the guy, not only are you missing out on one of five. In some teams' cases, they only have four picks. That, that's huge. You can't afford to, to, to lose out on that opportunity, and you can't afford to lose out on that money in the bonus pool that you can then spread out to other guys. Right? There's, just, there, right, there's so many risks. There was there was um, a guy last year. His his name is uh, escaping me. I think it was uh, I think it was Hudson Head. You know who who was selected by the the Padres, and he got three million dollars and was selected in the third round. He got more money than Cameron Meisner from right. um, Missouri, who was selected in the competitive balance round. So he got nearly twice the money of a guy that went something like. 45 picks ahead of him because again that was that's the money that you need to sign a guy like that so it's it's so strange how it, it's a game of chess with these guys and you have to have a relationship with them so you know while it would be really disappointing to to have someone like Soderstrom Soderstrom would be the guy that you would go to over Bailey because I don't think you're saving a lot of money um, with Bailey so if you go Soderstrom with that first pick at nine you you got to have somebody huge at 35 and then thir- and then and then 46 needs to be incredibly solid too yeah and by that point that's you know, a gamble. Are, are all the big pitchers off the board yeah by that point and then you have like a guy it. that's got a lot of questions a guy who maybe looked good in the fall and through two starts in the spring so he hasn't really you know proven it to to a certain extent you know, how much can you believe and say, wow, look at what this guy was able to do over the course of three months. Do you believe that hype? Is that legit? Is that not? There's a lot of guys in this draft where that's the case. That's that's one of the things why it makes it such a deep draft. I think because we don't know what would have happened in a normal 2020 season to say, right. all right, let's move this guy down. He's, he's still got decent upside, you know, uh, could maybe be a number two starter, but he's going to go early in the third round. We don't have that information and that data. So right. it's it's going to be incomplete if they go with Soderstrom at nine. We won't know really how it all plays out until we see those next two selections. Yeah, I don't like it. I started trying to break out the Breck bruise to fight with you about it. I've gone completely the other way where now I'm like, don't, don't, just don't mess around. It, it's there. There's too many. There's too many risks for it. So I do have one. One more final big question for you on this. Before I ask it, I've got to remind everyone to download my favorite new video game, and it is a video game. It's totally free. 
get it on your laptop or your phone. Of course, we're talking about WGT Golf, the most realistic free golf game loved by more than 20 million players around the world. You can play from the comfort of your couch. You can play it on the bus. You can play it at work if you're really good at hiding it from your boss. <laughs> play closest to the hole or full stroke play on world-famous golf courses, including Pebble Beach, Bethpage Black, St. Andrews, and more. You can compete head-to-head with players and DNVR community members and staff. Uh, challenge any one of us at any time. You can join the DNVR Country Club. You can uh, play in weekends uh, on most Sundays against us. Uh, and, and again, challenge us anytime just throughout the week. It's always fun to get a game in. Uh, go to dnvrgolf.com. Download WGT Golf today. So, I wanna I wanna put this uh, on you because I, I like I like doing this exercise, um, and this is going to happen. <laughs> I think I hope almost actually now that I, now that we've had the entire conversation, the Rockies don't have back to the beginning. And, and back to people, they, they even admitted in the offseason, Jeff Bright says, like, we got to get a catcher in here. Uh, and I don't know that Diaz was really what they wanted. I don't know. Maybe they, they do think he's the guy. Certainly that didn't placate fans who believe there's a big need at catcher. And so fans who believe there's a big need at catcher, who basically look at Tony Wolter's war and the, and the batting average and don't believe in Dom Nunez. And see a farm system bereft, if I may. You like that word today? Bereft, I do. Void. Mm. Yeah, there is a void of catching talent in the Rockies farm system. And then they go through five rounds of a draft that everyone's watching because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> Again, June 10th, we'll be covering it live. And they don't take a catcher. Tell the angry fan soothe the angry fan in this moment sir lions what do you say to the person that says how can you possibly as an organization feel like you're fine at this position right well if you draft patrick bailey with the ninth overall pick in the 2020 mlb draft you still have the exact same questions about your backstops on the 2020 roster you still have the trio of Walters, Diaz, and Nunez. And in 2021, you would still have those three guys. Yeah. And in 2022, it would likely be those guys as well. So, And at are, best, you'd have a, like a guy barely breaking in at that point, like at the end maybe. of September, right? Absolutely. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a path. It's not an immediate fix. You know, that's the difference between – the NBA and the NFL draft, and to an extent, some of the NHL guys will get taken and will immediately make an impact in the NHL. That's not the case. That's not the case in Major League Baseball. There's only only two guys in the past, let's say, 20 or so years that ultimately spent little to no time in the Major Leagues. Xavier Nady is one of those guys. And if you don't know who Xavier Nady is, you should also know that spending no time in the minor leagues isn't even that important. Because you don't know who Xavier Nady is. That's right. So it, it, it's there's there's no correlation to that to go to go back to a word we used earlier. So you you still have the problem, right? If if you wanna if you wanna fix the catching issue, you still may feel that you need to go out and get somebody else. Well, that somebody else is not in the 2020 draft. 
right? He's he's the next guy. He's your catcher in in 2023. If you're pro- if you're trying to project that at at best, you have a guy for 2023, 2024, but you really shouldn't be looking that far down the road, especially if you believe in this squad and you say, "Man, they were just in consecutive playoffs, you know, in in, in, in 17 and 18." And they took a step back last year, but man, there's so many elements to those squads still on this team. They're still so young. There's still a lot of promise. Then you, you, you draft a guy, maybe that can help you a little bit sooner. Or a guy that's just got that much more of a polish that, you know what, if you need to turn around and trade him immediately, you can do that. Or if you know that Ryan Rawlson is a guy that somebody else is going to covet, and you know what teams covet it, right? That's what Jeff Breidich did this offseason. Uh, you, know, you know, much to the behest of, of the fans of saying, hey, why are you fielding phone calls on Nolan Arenado? I got to do my job. I got to make sure that if this thing does blow up, I get every last piece I can possibly get. So if he knows what teams like Rolson and are going to be out of contention, you go, all right, well, basically, I just kind of, I didn't make a three-team trade, but I, I did... I did two things at once. Yeah. I drafted Reed Detmers, I traded Ryan Rawlison, and I got a huge piece back on my major league roster. So that's a pretty good deal. You just almost traded the ninth pick overall to a degree to get that really good right. player. Right. So now you've solved that problem. Yep. And you only solve that by going the route of a college arm or, again, someone who's got a lot of polish or if Zach Veen should happen to fall. You know, uh, we, we mentioned it when we talked with, with Justin Wick uh, from Purple Row is that, you know, Jared Kelnich is, is a guy that, again, uh, a lot of baseball fans might not be familiar with him, but he was you know, selected by the Mets in uh, the, the 2018 draft. And that offseason, he was dealt in a package of players uh, to the Mariners to acquire Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano. Well, Kelnick drafted right out of high school, finished last year in double A. The dude can absolutely rake. So you're going to kick yourself if you draft Veen, you trade him somewhere else and improve the 2020-2021 team, but you are going to get yourself that much closer towards your first NL West pennant or your first World Series ring. So, again, all of those things become possible by doing everything other than drafting a catcher at ninth overall. Uh, got totally waxed in this debate. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever been so handily beaten in a debate before. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, you're right. It's just so tempting. There, there's just yeah. something about it's, it. It is tempting, but you're, you're right. There are, I mean, you've laid them out here, 10 to 15 to 20 reasons why you can figure out a better option to, to even solve this very issue uh, than by trying to do so through the draft. And and you got to take the best player available there at number nine. Um, hopefully it's a pitcher. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a, a, a sexy response, you know, to say, no, just no. <laughs> keep converting infielders and in, into catchers. And if you go and, um, read our false count anywhere that, that Drew posted this afternoon. 
uh, I, I outlined a, a similar scenario where the Rockies might even be able to start that process with two other players and, and right. how they could possibly do that. And, and again, with, with the amazing abilities of Mark Stripmatter, maybe in a couple years' time, okay, you didn't draft Patrick Bailey or Soderstrom, but you got that you got that next guy that, that could be your catcher three out of every five days. So yeah. definitely take a look at that and, and some more of the, the back-and-forth debate between Drew and I. Well, well, we'll keep doing more of this, and, and hopefully if we have any form of debate or disagreement, I don't get so thoroughly destroyed next time. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll be talking about, of course, other positions. We'll dive into some more of these specific players. Hopefully you feel like you know uh, some of the catching landscape quite a bit better now and, and why the Rockies uh, have existed the way that they have and, and, and all of that with their backstops and yeah we're going to continue all of this in the lead up here it's it's coming up very very soon we're getting excited here uh big live coverage on june 10th join us for all of that we're going to have a lot of guests uh, other our friends in the media we're going to have uh some players for you uh hoping to get uh some rockies personnel some people on the inside who know a little bit about what's going on uh so it, it's going to be a pretty fantastic show if i do say so myself so hopefully you'll be swinging by and joining us for that until then make sure you're following everything on social media uh, you're subscribing to the dnvr.com you swing by the merch store pick up something that's on sale i think it's still hockey stuff this week and uh yeah other than that just continue to be absolutely awesome out there we will continue to be absolutely drew creaseman and patrick lyons in here and until next time we will see you at the ballpark mm-hmm.